Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clips and Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400, the Midlands, around the world on the iHeart Radio application Clemson has their guy the official release coming out earlier today Eric Backage named the Clemson Tigers 28th head baseball coach we will head out to some of that introductory press conference for you to open the show here on Clemson Sports Talk on a Thursday afternoon um, this afternoon uh, obviously a very very special day for Clemson baseball those of you that are here in person uh, and virtually um, on the on the uh, on the Zoom, I see current players. I see some former players um, out around. I see support staff. I see other coaches. I see Coach John Rittman here, our, our softball coach. He's always going to be a great teammate of Coach Backich. Um, I see a former head coach here that that you all may recognize, Coach Leggett. Really, really appreciate you being here. It's really special. It really means a lot. Uh, couldn't, you, as you can tell from the media turnout, Clemson baseball is a big deal. It's a big deal. The standing room only aspect of this crowd really speaks to that. Um, and for us to have this special day and announce Coach Backage as our head coach is, is really, really incredible. Really want to thank you to the Board of Trustees, President Clements, uh, who've been incredibly engaged in this process. We said from the very beginning that we think Clemson baseball is a top 15 job. And their commitment throughout and support of the program now and into the future for Coach Backage really, really speaks to that extreme interest in this position that really speaks to the special place and special program that Clemson baseball is. During the search process, some of the things we looked for included an established head coach with demonstrated success at a big-time program, the ability to recruit and develop ballplayers, a coach of integrity that will invest in the Clemson community, and who will connect with the proud lineage and tradition of Clemson baseball. We feel like we didn't have to compromise on all that, and it all fell into place with Coach Backage. We got an absolute superstar with Eric and his wife, Jiffy. And to Colt, Bo, and Tempe, welcome to the Clemson family. Clemson baseball got better today, and we're so glad you're here. So with that, I'd like to formally introduce the next leader of Clemson baseball, Coach Eric Backage.
So that was Graham Neff's introduction of Clemson's 28th head coach, Eric Backich. Here's what Backich had to say in his opening statement. Man, it's, uh, it's great to be back. I can't believe it's, it's been 20 years since I've gotten to say, go Tigers. Uh, but thank you, Graham, his wife, Kristen, uh, for this opportunity to lead and serve Clemson baseball. Uh, thank you to President Jim Clements, the Board of Trustees, uh, Kyle Young, Kevin White, for your support in this process. Uh, to the University of Michigan Athletic Department, all of our players, uh, past and present, their families, seven, seven decades of alumni that joined our team in Omaha, all the fans, uh, I have the deepest appreciation and gratitude for what we were able to accomplish over the last 10 years. Uh, so thank you for an incredible ride. Uh, to the coaching mentors that have helped mold and, and shape the person and the coach that I am today, Coach Keith LeClaire, who I played for at East Carolina, he's the, he's the why and the inspiration uh, to start coaching uh, and uh, a promise that I made to continue his legacy. I don't, I don't remember the X's and the, no, and the O's or the mechanics, uh, but I remember that the confidence and the belief that he instilled. He, he made his players think they were 10 feet tall and bulletproof. He made his teams think that they could accomplish anything. So Coach Leggett, who's here today, uh, instilled the importance of good fundamentals. Uh, instilled foundational life skills like discipline, toughness, competing, having relentless positive energy. Uh, and doing it all with a care level that is absolutely unmatched. So thank you for giving me a shot. Uh, to Coach Tim Corbin, you know, the value of recruiting excellence to shifting the target onto developing the total person, the teammate, as well as the future husband and father. Uh, that coaching and teaching is a lifestyle, not a job. Uh, very appreciative of uh, the seven years I had with him at Vanderbilt. My family, uh, my parents, uh, who allowed their son to chase a kid's dream and pursue his passion. Uh, Jiffy's parents for, well, really allowing me to marry their only daughter. Um, but the, un the unwavering support the last 17 years. Coach Backich also discussed the opportunity that he had 20 years ago at Clemson to work with Jack Leggett, Tim Corbin, and Kevin O'Sullivan. I've always put Clemson up on a pedestal, uh, not only because it's, it's a great academic school and because I got my coaching start here, but I'll be forever grateful to be in the right place at the right time. To, and I know how lucky I was to join a staff with three coaching leg, legends with Coach Leggett, Coach Corbin, Coach O'Sullivan. I told Coach Corbin when, when I first got to Clemson, 20 years ago that I was going to work the same hours as him. And little did I know at the time what I had just signed myself up for. I was a 24-year-old volunteer assistant coach who got paid in Gatorade bars and t-shirts. I uh, had a $200 a month apartment that had no cable TV, no, no AC, but every single night I couldn't wait to set the alarm clock and get back into the office. I loved it. I still love it the same 20 years later. There's nothing better than helping individual players and a team unlock their potential and achieving more than they thought was possible. 
20 years ago, that, that historic 2002 team was 54-17, and 17, was ranked number one in the nation for most of the year, finished in the top four in the World Series. We had star players like Khalil Green, Jeff Baker, Michael Johnson. We had great team chemistry. We had a ton of confidence. Uh, that season, I remember hearing some of the comparisons of some of the all-time great Clemson teams, the all-time great Clemson players, names from the Coach Wilhelm era as well as the Coach, coach Leggett era, guys on the wall like Rusty Adkins, Bill Spires, Billy McMillan, Chris Benson, Jimmy Key, Matthew LaCroix, Shane Monahan, David Miller, Neil Simons, Brian Barnes, Andy Monin, Doug Kingsmore, Tommy Chapman, and more. Since then, there's been even more like Mike Freeman, Brad Miller, Seth Beer, our current eight big leaguers, and the recent individual accolades with Coach Lee. Clemson's been playing baseball since 1896. 126 years, we have a lot of teams and a lot of players to be proud of. The one constant that separates Clemson baseball from everybody else is the traditions that have spanned all those decades. The long white pants, the white cleats, the Omaha on the hat, disciplined teams who are fundamentally sound and mentally tough. Our players will learn this history and connect with the traditions of Clemson baseball if they haven't already. We'll have a goal to add as much value as we possibly can to make our page in the history book one that would be bookmarked for all of time. Whether you played for Coach Wilhelm, Coach Leggett, or Coach Lee, you're not just a Clemson baseball player for the three or four or five years you're in college. You're a Clemson baseball player for life. And there's not a better time to connect all generations of Clemson baseball alumni than right now. Backage also dove into what he's going to build the program on up in Tigertown. This program will be built on the two pillars of recruiting and player development. Recruiting is a 24-7, 365 focus. We'll target the best players in South Carolina, in the region, on the eastern seaboard, and in the nation, and in that order. Development is also a 24-7, 365 focus, and we'll prioritize developing the total person first. One of the things I've learned in the last 10 years is that if you want to have a really good team, you got to have a bunch of really good teammates. So we'll build the person, the student, the teammate right here inside this very room, which will be our classroom. Every day we'll start here to be a designated space for learning. We'll teach how to shift the target off of results and stats and scoreboard to the character traits and the behavioral standards that create championship teams. These standards will illustrate how our daily environment is established, which leads to the identity of our team and our culture as a program. These standards will also allow success to happen in the scoreboard to take care of itself. Success is defined by answering the question whether each player reached his max potential and did the team reach its potential. I can't wait to help our players and teams unlock this potential in their minds and bodies so they can perform at their best. As for his expectations at Clemson, essentially sky, the sky sounds like it's the limit, according to Coach Backage. That being said, results matter at this level. There are five championships to win every season, two in the conference, three in the postseason. One of the reasons a student-athlete comes to Clemson, besides a great education, is to compete on a national stage for all five championships. Another reason to come to Clemson is for the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry. 
We will take this rivalry very seriously and respect it every single day by how we prepare and train. Regardless of championships or rivalries, rivalries will narrow our sights down to the number one. One day, one game, one inning, one pitch, one rep at a time. Clemson University Director of Athletics Graham Neff was asked if when the search began, if Backich was one of those guys right there at the top. Absolutely. Uh, Eric's been uh, top of our list or in the proverbial list of the right-hand drawer um, for, for certainly these past couple of weeks, but if I'm being real honest, uh, many years. Um, obviously with his ties here and the success that he's achieved, um, certainly at Vanderbilt, Maryland, and then Michigan reaching the pinnacle uh, with Omaha. So absolutely was a was an early target. Um, and just as we spent time over the over the past few weeks of a search and coaches obviously still playing um, for a while there, uh, just remain really consistent. The, the thing I'll say too about about Coach Backich, he made it very clear he wanted this job right away. He wanted to be the head coach at Clemson uh, and be the head baseball coach at Clemson. And so that made it very inspiring about his desire to be here and therefore our pursuit of him uh, match that. Backage was also asked about how he felt when he saw the phone call coming in from Clemson knowing that the job was open. It was level 10 for sure. Yep. Uh, I've, again, I've always put Clemson up on the pedestal. Uh, very grateful for the opportunity I had here and feel like I wouldn't be here today without that opportunity 20 years ago. So it was a combination of how I feel about Clemson University and Clemson baseball in addition to Graham's leadership and his vision for the program and just the connection that we had instantly. Coach Backich was also asked about the expectations of the program. I've talked about that quite a bit here on the show and whether or not he was intimidated by what's expected in Tigertown. Absolutely not. I love it. I, uh, I see that as a great challenge. I look at 2010, the program was in Omaha. The Coach Lee's first three years, we were hosting regionals. I just don't see any reason why Clemson baseball can't compete for national championships, trips to Omaha, ACC championships, and host the postseason right here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Graham Neff was also asked about whether or not some of the thought process on bringing in somebody that had been around the program under Jack Leggett was to sort of return Clemson somewhat to their roots on the diamond. Yeah, Brad, thanks. And, and it is really, uh, really telling and appreciative for Coach Leggett for seven to be here. Eric's the, the fourth coach for Clemson baseball in 56 years. And so that legacy from Coach Wilhelm, Coach Leggett, Coach Lee, which was a successful championship winning era as well. And now with Coach Backich, that the, the stitching together of that tradition from the head coaching chair, but also all the players, you know, and in talking with all of our coaches, Coach Lee, Coach Leggett, for them and their 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 era and their time, absolutely a lot of achievement. But but it's the players, and so for our for our alums that are here and former players, that stitching together was really important just for the health of Clemson baseball and, and Eric's unique time here and relationships really speak to that. Coach Backich was also asked about his approach to the game and whether or not it might change. You know, coming to Tiger Town, I don't know if my approach will change in terms of putting the target on developing the total person. It's important that this very room right here, uh, I believe that developing the person, the teammate, the future husband, the future father, the future community leader, there's a trickle-down effect that leads to the results on the field. So I, I would be unwavering in that process of how important the classroom time is. Uh, and then on the field, um, the results won't be any different, or the, the, uh, pr the approach won't be any different either. 
we'll look to put together uh, the best team in the country that we can possibly field. And in 126 years of, of Clemson baseball history, we, we are yet to win a national championship. And I don't see any reason why we can't have that lofty goal year in and year out. And that's what we'll be striving for. That's how we'll be recruiting, and that's how we'll be developing. As for how his staff will come together, here's a little tidbit from Coach Backich as Clemson continues to move forward. Yeah, I, I'm uh, going to be asking our one of our assistants at Michigan, Nick Schnabel. Um, so I'll be talking with him. We'll be going through a process of interviewing pitching coaches. I'm evaluating the support staff positions as well. Uh, but I, I won't rush that, and I'll be very thorough in that process to make sure we have the very best coaches and support staff for our Clemson team. Again, Eric Backich, Clemson's 28th head coach all time, their fourth head coach since 1958. He was in Tigertown for one season, and uh, that tenure lasted or, or was under Jack Leggett before leaving with Tim Corbin to go to Vanderbilt. And he was asked about Coach Leggett, who was in attendance at the press conference, and, you know, whether or not Coach Leggett will be around the program. He, he's an unbelievable resource, and he's a great friend, and he's a great mentor, and he's been a great mentor uh, ever since I worked for him 20 years ago. And uh, my answer to that is we have to have Coach Leggett involved in this program and around our players and the energy that he brings and whatever capacity that is and whatever title that is I don't know but I just know the program will be better with with his energy involved. Backich was also asked to reflect about the time that he was a volunteer assistant at Clemson some 20 years ago and what that was like. When I made that that uh, I don't know if you want to call it a challenge but I when I when I lobbed that out there to Coach Corbin that I'd, I, I would work the same hours as you. Uh, that meant my days pretty much starting in the office around 6 a.m. and not finishing until about 9 p.m. There used to be a Pepino's down the street, so we would hit that up. And uh, there was also a $2 movie theater, and I was a frequent occupant of uh, the $2 movie because I didn't have cable TV. Uh, but I, I, I don't have any hobbies now anyways. I didn't have any hobbies then. I just love to, I love to work. I love to coach. I love to be involved. I love to be all in. And uh, I didn't have much of a life, to be honest with you. It was just coaching. <laughs> Backage was also asked what these few days have been like kind of being back in Clemson uh, and seeing the campus, et cetera. I wouldn't say it struggle. It was a tidal wave of just almost like nostalgia. Like, you know, how, how you feel about something you, you were the first time you did it and the first, it, you just, it holds a special place. And so walking down the steps and, you know, and then just seeing all the upgrades and all the changes, but then remembering the cages were over there and hitting with Michael Johnson in the cages till two in the morning, you know, he's trying to fix his swing and it just, all the little all the little memories like that you know the, the home run MJ hits into the trees but there's not a tree there anymore it's a, it's a light pole and um, it's just all that stuff it's just it it just rushed back and I've been kind of uh, just going down memory lane today quite a bit and it uh, I just I'm, I'm thrilled to get to wear the tiger paw again and say I'm part of the Clemson family so there you have it the full video and audio of Eric Backage's press conference will be up on our website. Put the .com on it, doggone it, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. And don't worry, if you are an hour tour that just happens to be drop, dropping by here in hour one, 
Uh, we are going to run a little bit of this in the back end, the, the final segment of the program. So, don't you – final say? I don't know. It'll be somewhere in either segment seven or eight. I'm not sure. One way or another. Yes, if you're keeping score at home, this show has eight segments every day. 803-450-0086. Text line, phone line. Be a part of the program anytime, anyplace, anywhere. We will hit a quick break and come back with continuing coverage of Clemson's hiring of their new baseball head coach, Eric Backage. Stay with us. Rocking and rolling along with you here on a Thursday afternoon. Legendary Clemson SID Tim Bray set to join the program in just a little bit, hopefully. I can't remember if Tim's got a golf uh, escapade this week, but we'll see. Nonetheless, 803-450-0086. And again, Graham Neff naming Eric Backage as Clemson's 28th baseball coach. That news coming down the pipeline. You got a chance to hear some of that just a few minutes ago. Backage again served as the head coach at Michigan the last 10 seasons. All of this, by the way, available over on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Put the .com on it. Doggone it. Man, there's some great recruiting stories over there right now. Don't forget, $1 for three months of coverage. Now, look, there's a lot of free stuff. Don't get me wrong. After that three-month period, 63-17. We said it, Game Cognition, 63-17. Now then, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Backage again arrives at Clemson after 10 seasons at Michigan. A 2019 College World Series Uh, runner-up, and he was also the head coach at Maryland for three years, an assistant at Vanderbilt under Tim Corbin, and was a volunteer assistant coach at Clemson back in 2002. And and you know what got me really kind of thinking about it? Like, Monty Lee and I are a day apart in terms of age, and I'm a year older than Eric Backage. And I think back to myself at 2002 – Still rolling around campus during my seventh year of undergrad. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. Okay, (laughs) that's fair. Uh, But yeah, so Backage was a volunteer assistant coach there. uh, And then ultimately now lands uh, the Clemson job. Saw a great photo. Matter of fact, we embedded it uh, over on the article that we put up on our website uh, with his wife, Jiffy, and their three children. Um. Backage was the National Coach of the Year back in 2019. When Michigan had that runner-up finish, they were 50-22. and He led them to the NCAA tournament in 2015, 17, 2021, and 2022. So five of his last seven teams advanced to the National Tournament. And Backage guided the Wolverines to two Big Ten tournament titles, one in 2015 and one in 2020. 22. At the time he was hired at Michigan, by the way, Backage was the youngest head coach in what was then the BCS schools. So we'll just call that the college football playoff or the Power Five schools. Backage was the recruiting coordinator for Vanderbilt 
uh, helping sign some of the top prospects in the country, including number one overall draft pick David Price. And all seven of his recruiting classes were ranked in the top 25 during his time there uh, at Vanderbilt as an assistant coach. So Clemson digging back in a little bit to their roots, hoping to uh, snag some of the magic off of the uh, you know Tim Corbin, Kevin O'Sullivan, Jack Leggett era, so to speak, at, at Clemson. And I would say the other thing maybe about this move for Clemson uh, is the fact that his assistant coach, at least one of his assistant coaches, uh, is going to be making his way to Clemson as Nick Schnabel is uh, apparently going to be joining him as well. So, you know, I think the the one thing is this uh, about it. There will be a renewed excitement about the program. I said that yesterday. I think that's a part of what comes with the territory of, of making a change. Um, the other thing, though, is that you ride the, the back of Jack Leggett's tenure not ending well, Monty Lee's tenure not becoming what people thought. And, and maybe that's a little bit unfair to Monty Lee, quite frankly. Like, I think there was so much excitement about Monty Lee. When Monty Lee came to Clemson, the thought process was from his connections back to South Carolina during their incredible run, uh, all through the job he had done at the College of Charleston, there was a belief that, okay, we have won up the Gamecocks and this coach is going to be supremely successful. And because it didn't work out that way, because it didn't pan out, you know, I, I, I think that that kind of added to people wanting to move forward. I also said that I, and, and I know this for a fact, there's no way this is not factual here. There is a contingent of people, the Jack Leggett supporters that didn't want him gone in the first place, that wanted to get a tie back to him. This is is incredibly similar to what happened with Clemson football when you had the situation of Danny Ford being ousted. Then Ken Hatfield comes in. Because Hatfield's not connected to Ford, everybody wanted a Ford protege. And that, that actually is that a car? Is that a car? <laughs> I think that's a car. Let me throw that in the Google machine real quick. No, it's a Mazda protege. <laughs> might as well, might as well be, might as well be a Ford. A Ford. Ford has the focus apparently. If you're taking notes at home. Uh, anyway, so they wanted somebody that had been on the staff with Danny Ford. That was kind of the driving force behind Tommy West becoming the head coach at Clemson. And you know how that worked out. How about a 3-8 and eight season during one of my seven years in school at Clemson? Not great. So again, there are no guarantees here, but there is the connection back to Jack Leggett Back to Tim Corbin, back to O'Sullivan that I think people like. Speaking of those three individuals, Jack Leggett said, quote, Eric is the right fit for Clemson baseball. His work ethic, enthusiasm, energy, coaching experience, love for Clemson, and his association with and appreciation for our storied and proud tradition are traits that will lead to success. I'm excited about the future of Clemson baseball. Kevin O'Sullivan, coach of the Florida Gators, said Eric is without a doubt the right person for Clemson baseball. He understands the standard of the program. I am happy for him and his family, and I know Eric will be very successful at Clemson. Tim 
Corbin said Eric is such a natural fit. If there was any teacher or coach who was meant to be a Tiger, it's him. He is Clemson through and through. Eric will be a great extension of the university and the athletic program. Clemson has such a quality group of coaches, and Eric will add great harmony to the department. I'm very happy for Jiffy, Eric, and the kids, and I'm happy for the young men who will have an opportunity to play for Eric. And speaking of former Clemson Tiger head coach Jack Leggett, we've reached out to him and hopefully we'll get him on the program either today or tomorrow to talk about uh, Clemson's brand new head coach, Eric Backich. Some NBA finals conversation on the horizon. Stay with us. Clemson sports talk on a Thursday. So I can't believe, I cannot believe I'm about to do this, but I am. I am going to do this. Looking at the NBA playoffs, looking at the way it's gone, I've been wrong 100% of the time, and I have no dog in the fight. I, well, okay, I haven't been wrong 100% of the time, but I've been, I've been wrong a lot. But I do want to say this. I think tonight at Boston with the pressure on them and they're back against the wall, the fans trying to defend their home turf, I, I think the Celtics win. I think the Celtics force a game seven. I think the Celtics force you to have, what is it, 17, 19 days of an NBA playoff. I think this goes till Father's Day. 9 o'clock on ABC. You say, Swanee, well, what, what, you know, what reasons do you have for feeling that way? Well, a couple. First and foremost, what is the strength of this Celtics team? Defense, right? Like, that's kind of been their MO, defensively. When they're, when they're good, they're getting easy buckets on the other end of the floor. They're causing disruptions. And I just, I, I think the energy tonight that they'll play with, look, they, they, it's over if they get beat. And so naturally, you're going to have a, a certain amount of energy that you're willing to put out. And I think the Warriors won't be able to match that same energy. Not because they won't choose to. Or not because they don't realize that they've got a championship looming if they win. It just it's it's simply human nature. It's the reason whether you played middle school basketball, high school basketball, college basketball, church league basketball. When your back's against the wall, you give a little more. It, it, you know, in the NBA, I, I have a thing I tell my son all the time: everybody makes a run. But in any basketball game I've really ever been involved in. Anytime there's a big lead, the other team tends to make a run. The you know one team will start taking bad shots. Steph Curry did that in game in game five and got fortunate that he didn't shoot the Celtics not only back into the game, which he did, but shoot them to victory. But I just I, I have a hunch tonight that energy in the arena. I think. Smart, Horford, Tatum, defensively, they're going to be strong. And I think they do take this to a Game 7. And the Warriors know that closing out the Boston Celtics is going to be incredibly difficult. Clay Thompson said, you do yourself a disservice if you don't... It, you do yourself a disservice if you think about things that don't even exist yet. Clinching is probably the hardest game you'll play, according to Andre Iguodala. 
And that's exactly right. Like, you can't, if you're the Boston Celtics, or excuse me, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you can't look past tonight's game and start thinking about the champagne, start thinking about the championship. If you do that, you will lose. And the Celtics, what they're thinking about is watching you win the title on their home four. And that's not not a pretty sight. And so they will have, in my opinion, more energy tonight. Boston. Now, one area where this could ultimately affect the Celtics is, is, is one thing. You come out with a little too much gas. You come out with a little too much juice. And then all of a sudden, your starters are winded. The Warriors are kind of playing calm and smooth, maybe starting to pull away a little bit. Now you start to press. Now you're taking like you're taking bad shots. Like that's when this thing can flip. The Celtics have a sense of desperation. Their backs are against the wall. But if they pour too much in early, you know, it is a marathon tonight, not a sprint. And what can happen is if you come out with that sprinter's mentality if you're Boston, well, that's all well and good unless you get winded, you get down, and now whatever pressure existed at this moment in time is amplified because now the clock's ticking. But truth be told, I do believe that this game tonight belongs to the Boston Celtics. And I think you're going to get that game seven on Sunday. And I think ultimately Golden State wins that one. 803-450-0086 text line, phone line. Be a part of the show anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You know how much we appreciate you. It is awesome to get to sit in this arena every day and talk about sports with not only Tiger fans, Gamecocks, Bulldogs, Yellow Jackets, Seminoles. And for anybody that looks at the name and lights on the marquee and thinks this show is only about Clemson, nope, you missed the boat on that one. It is not. We talk. We cover it all. We cover it all. A little bit of news out of the WNBA. I did see this today, and I, I want to get it out there. Sue Bird will be retiring uh, after this season. And, man, I'll tell you what. The women's game definitely doesn't have the history or the heritage that the men's game and the NBA has. But one thing that seems evident to me, whether it's Diana Taurasi, Lisa Leslie, you go on through Dawn Staley, you can go through the list of great women players in the history of the sport. Uh, Their stars, to me, shine a lot brighter and a lot longer than most of the stars in the men's game. It's kind of weird, but it does feel that way. 21 years in the WNBA for Sue Bird. Again, the women's game has always been a little more pure. Uh, up until, I would say, Steph Curry started you know, kind of doing what he's done. The women's game for years, much more passing, movement, 
uh, getting open looks where the men's game, thanks to I think Michael Jordan was like drive and finish at the rim. Superb was the number one pick back in 2002 and a four-time WNBA champion with the uh, Seattle Storm and a five-time Olympic gold medalist and won two national titles with UConn. That's pretty good. We'll hit a break. Stay with us. It is the show that shakes the Southland Clemson sports talk on a Thursday. All right, so we don't talk much about Deshaun Watson on the program anymore for obvious reasons. One, because... You know, the allegations that are against him just quite frankly aren't aren't a lot of fun to talk about on the air, especially in front of you potentially having children in your car. So we don't, you know, I don't, I don't like to bring it up for that reason more than anything else, quite frankly. Um, and again, allegations. Deshaun Watson, however, on Tuesday reiterated that he's innocent of the allegations against him. And, you know, I think the question for me about Deshaun at this point, I, look, there is no doubt that if I'm his lawyer, I want to get his, I want to get this cleaned up and taken care of and over with as quickly as possible. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I want to be out on the field playing. Like I want to put my mind, you know, past all of the situation. Watson again met with the media on Tuesday, and here's uh, what he had to say about the situation. You said that. Uh... You had never disrespected a woman in your life, and that you had no regrets about anything you did during these sessions. Do you still stand by that statement? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that question uh, kind of, you know, triggered a lot of people—not just women in general, but a lot of people from this, you know, in the league, from women to to males and things like that. And what I was saying is, yes, I, I never assaulted, disrespected, or harassed anyone. But at the same time, I do understand that. Uh, I do have regrets as far as the impact that it's have on the community and people outside of just myself, you know, and that includes my family, that includes this organization, that includes my teammates in this locker room that have to answer to these questions, that includes, you know, the fan base of the Cleveland Browns, that includes males, females, everyone across the, the world, you know, so uh, that's one thing I do regret is the impact that it's have triggered on so many people, and um, yeah, it's, it's tough to, to have to, you know, deal with. So I, I guess my question is, at this point, he, he was out all last season. This obviously has yet to come to a conclusion, and, and I don't know that we necessarily have a timeline of when it will. Just in the past 15 days, there have been two more civil lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson, bringing that active number to 24. Will he play this season? And again, I, I understand there are some of you listening that will say that's not important. I'm, I'm just simply asking, do you think Deshaun Watson will play football this season? It, it, it is a compelling story, I think, to follow for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, most notably, Watson had a squeaky clean image prior to this. I mean, this is... In, in a lot of respects, reminiscent of Tiger Woods to a degree, right? Like, Tiger Woods has this kind of squeaky clean image. And then all of a sudden, you, you have this happen, and it's like, what in the world? Watson met with 66 different women for massages. And like I said, at the beginning of all of this, what are you, what are you doing, Deshaun? Like, first and foremost, what are you doing? Because if you are an athlete of that magnitude, of that magnitude, that I guarantee you they could get you one masseuse and you could have your own personal masseuse 
They just traveled with you with the money you're making. So if indeed the actual number is 66, well, that doesn't that doesn't look good. I mean, I, I, I'm sure some of you driving down the road right now have gotten a massage before. I've gotten one in my life. I got the old deep tissue, and I'll tell you what, when that girl drove her elbow into the back of my shoulder, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I felt worse. I'm not going to name the I'm not going to name the business cuz maybe one day they'll sponsor the show, but I felt worse coming out of there than I did going in. Now, a couple of days later, once the toxins had escaped my system, I felt a lot better. But I'm going to tell you, I was sore. I felt like I got hit by a train after a deep tissue massage. But 66 I mean, listen, if any of you are riding around right now and going, "Well, I I've had about 20." In just a couple of years, 20 different masseuses, 66 though, over 17 months, even if you had Deshaun Watson cash, that's strange to me. Think about your haircuts for a minute. You you probably try to go the same person, right? You say, well, Sally cuts my hair great. So that's where I go. Matter of fact, some places cut my hair so fast before I shave my own head. I put a little note in there. I was like, he likes a haircut to last at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Spend a little time with me. Let's let's talk. <laughs> that's, that is true, uh, by the way. But with all of this surrounding Deshaun Watson, a year of being out of sport already, will the NFL tack on another year? And the reason this is compelling to watch is he was becoming one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. One of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's it's fairly amazing to see how quickly, and this is a lesson to all athletes out there. And again, whether Watson is innocent, guilty, whatever, you have to be smart. What Watson is definitely not um cannot evade is uh, unless something comes out and again that new york times report said that watson booked appointments with 66 different masseuses over a 17 month period if if you don't you know as a player think or as a human think that that's strange then i don't know what to tell you because to me, that's that's awkward. And if you're an athlete with that type of money, with that type of whatever, you just cannot put yourself in a situation like that. Sixty-six. I mean, this, whether good, bad, or or you know whatever, that's not a number that makes sense to people, right? Like if 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 it said he had five different appointments or five different masseuses in 17 months. Nobody's freaking out. 66 and then allegations. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Permission to freak out. Believe me. It's time for Clips and Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Hour number two. That's drive time right here on the show. This shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. The Tigers have their man, Eric Backage. Full coverage over on our website right now, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. The 28th head coach in Clemson history, served 10 years as the head coach at Michigan, was an assistant, a volunteer assistant under Jack Leggett, while Tim Corbin and Kevin O'Sullivan were at Clemson back in 2002, and he returns we had audio of that in hour one. We'll put some audio in hour two on the back end, final segment uh, of the show today. Uh, Backage played his college ball at East Carolina. Jack Leggett said Eric is the right fit for Clemson baseball. Tim Corbin said Eric is a natural fit. And Kevin O'Sullivan said Eric is without a doubt the right person for Clemson baseball. Again, tonight in the NBA, the NBA Finals, Game 6, Warriors-Celtics, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I'm taking the Celtics. I think the Celtics win it, backs against the wall, like a like a crazed dog, a hungry dog, if you will. So uh, that is, in my opinion, what's going to happen tonight on the, the hardwood up in Boston. 803-450-0086. So, of course, it is the summer and kind of got me thinking about some of the different topics that we tend to dive into. Uh, But this one I do have to thank, dare I say, may I say, thank Paul Feinbaum for. (laughs) No, you guys are like, Swatty, no, don't don't you even say the name Feinbaum, Swan. Listen. If Paul Feinbaum wants your boy Swanee on his show again, I'll go. I'll go. I'll answer the bell. I'm I'm fine stepping into the arena to go one-on-one with Paul Feinbaum. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm I'm not a kid. I'm not a kid. I'll go in the arena with Feinbaum. All right, so Paul Feinbaum put out a tweet earlier, and I actually responded to it, and you guys probably, (laughs) you guys probably hate it that I responded, but I did. And I I think it's a fun question. Paul Feinbaum put out, what is the, let me get the right terminology uh, on this for you, but it was essentially, you know, what's the best play that you've ever seen in person in college football? And, you know, I, I went right to my wheelhouse Clemson, Florida State, 1988, Punt Ruski. 
That is the single greatest play that I have ever witnessed in person, and it's it's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, the, the thing about that play, and there are a multitude of things about it, but the thing about that play for me is the fact that it's 21-21. It's two of the top teams in college football. FSU is deep in their own end zone. Excuse me, deep in their own territory. And and Bobby Bowden, gunslinger, rolls the proverbial dice. And I, I get it. For you, Tiger Nation, it was extremely painful. Extremely painful. But as Leroy Butler is running down the sidelines, as the kicker is faking like the ball is snapped over his head, as Tiger fans are celebrating what they think is the key to their victory. I mean, Clemson's going to take a knee and kick a field goal. Instead, Donnell Wolford has to run down. Has to run down Leroy Butler, forces him out of bounds, and then it's Florida State that runs out the clock, settles for the field goal, and wins it. That game in that moment, easily the most incredible play that I ever saw in person. And I don't think it's close. I Look, and if you wanted me to, you know, I think it's easy. As a fan, and I'll challenge you, text us, 803-450-0086. I don't want to hear that you saw Hunter Renfro catch the touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson. Great, pat yourself on the back. A lot of people saw that one. I want you to dig into one that's got a little pain to it. A little bit painful. Maybe you you go, wow, it's easy, man. Uh, A.J. Terrell's pick six in the opening game, I mean, in the opening quarter against Alabama, Alabama's first drive. Sorry, that's too easy. I want to know something that's painful. I mean, because, listen, A.J. Terrell, great play. Hunter Renfro, great play. Justin Ross, great play. I've never seen anything like the punt ruski in person. Never. I mean, outside of the punt ruski in person. That, that's, that's what I think the difference is for me. The, the punt ruski is an iconic play. If, if you were at a, you know, if you were at the Bluegrass Miracle, where Louis, LSU, ooh, I almost did it, where LSU throws the ball 100 yards <laughs> against Kentucky and wins that ball game. That might be that might be one to bring up. And I don't care if you're a Kentucky fan or an LSU fan. Uh Cordell Stewart's long touchdown for Colorado against Michigan. If you were there, like even but but quite frankly, I'm not sure that those plays are actually better than the punt ruski. As a matter of fact, I I might venture to guess. I you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna die on this island. 
I saw the most incredible play in the history of college football in the punt rooski. Okay, I'll listen to you Auburn fans with the kick six. I'll hear you out on that one. Uh, That kick six play was pretty insane. Uh, If you... I guess if you were at that Cal-Stanford game in the early 80s, you know, the pitchback lateral, I guess I'll hear you. You know another one, though, now that I think about it, just kind of sitting here diving through all the, the games, but you know I wasn't at the game. Like, that's the other thing. You have to have been at the game. But if you were at the 07 Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma and Boise State, whether it's the hook and lateral, whether it's the Statue of Liberty for the two-point conversion, whichever one of those you want to pick, I'll hear you. But for me, painful as it is, that moment, when you realize like what what okay so the beauty of the punt ruski more than any of these plays i've just brought up is this right it was a magic trick it was a it was an illusion it was like oh wow got me i don't know where the quarter is how did he pull the ace I don't understand how that happened. And then you go back and you see the intricacy. You know, once you peel back the layers of that play from the the kicker pretending the ball snapped over his head to the snap going to the up back, who then sleight of hand puts it underneath the other player who's waiting for the ball with his hands cupped under the side to everybody rolling and running one direction. It wasn't just a, now that I think about it, it wasn't just a play. The punt ruski was a magic trick. And that's what made, that That to me is what made it better than anything else. That That kick six is great because of the magnitude of the moment, but that is a game or a moment in a game where it didn't happen because Auburn fooled Alabama. It happened because Alabama was foolish. And then when you are kicking a field goal, you don't have athletes out there to be able to stop somebody who's you know fairly athletic with the ball in their hand. And so when... Chris Davis is racing down the sidelines and towards the end zone. There's not a lot Alabama can do. When it, it, okay, and, and so that's where I'll, I'll lean back to Boise for a minute. The hook and lateral, it's a decent illusion, not great. The punt roost or, or the, the the Statue of Liberty, somewhat sleight of hand, but. <laughs> punt Ruski, I, I've never seen anything like it. I know there was a, a fumble. What uh, the fumble Ruski? 
I think at one point was a play maybe that uh, Nebraska Nebraska ran it, I think, but even still, the 1984 Orange Bowl, the fumble ruski, the football's intentionally and stealthily placed on the ground. Who was the, who did end up scoring on that fumble ruski in the uh, national championship back in 1984, Nebraska? And Miami. Let me see if I can figure that out real quick. One of the greatest college football games ever. Miami won its national championship. Is that the year that Nebraska went for it? It was. The 50th anniversary of the Orange Bowl. Yeah, give. Listen. Do you do you give Tom Osborne credit there? If he kicks a field goal, they if he kicks the extra point, they win the national title with a tie. But he said, "Nope, we're going for it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna settle for a tie. We're going for the win." And they lost. And Miami wins the national title. Let's see. So, in a the first Husker points came on a second period, Dan Stancoolers controversial nineteen yard fumble ruski play. Wow. Quarterback Turner Gill, who was the head coach where? At Kansas at one point and at Buffalo, maybe? Turner Gill took the snap from center, dropped the ball on the ground. Intentional fumble. Offensive line went to the right, except for Steincooler, who pulled to the left, picked the ball up, and ran around the end for a 19-yard touchdown run. Okay, I'll take I'll take that as a, uh, eh, you know, it's no David Copperfield. Clemson's was David Copperfield. The punt ruski against Clemson. Greatest play I've ever seen in person. 803-450-0086. You know, talking with Tony Horn yesterday, that Peter Warwick duel with Tony Horn, there were some great plays in there. Um, trying to think back. You know, Hunter Renfro's touchdown run that we played here on the show a couple of weeks ago when he got his contract, I guess, late last week. That play against South Carolina where he's just making guys miss left and right. And that was an incredible play to watch in person. Uh, C.J. Spiller had so many kick returns, punt returns, uh, just electric, absolutely electrifying to watch him play the game. Yeah, if I had to pin it down to the best I ever saw, probably probably that punt ruski. Magnitude of the moment, uh, just all-encompassing. All-encompassing. 803-450-0086. Text line, phone line. Let us know your thoughts on that front. Taking a look out, uh, Tommy Frazier and his 75-yard touchdown run against Florida. Not only was that a incredible play, but how Nebraska played that day against Florida was uh, another just surprising walloping. And I don't know that I don't know. If there's really another another great name for it. Um, I, I know this. 
There was also the play when Dabo Sweeney was in the national championship with Alabama where they were taking on the Miami Hurricanes. That was a Miami pass, like a 90-yard pass. So Alabama had taken a 27-6 lead, kind of shocking everybody. Miami drops back, makes a great play. Uh, Gino Toretta hit Lamar Thomas. He's racing down the sidelines. And instead of giving up, George Teague runs him down. Only seen this once in my life, and that was in this moment. Although I wasn't there. And Teague strips the ball, just takes the ball away from Lamar Thomas. Ten yards short of a touchdown. Uh, I don't know what happens if Thomas goes on to score there. I don't think they come back and win. But I can tell you this. As he's running to the end zone, the balloon of hope for Miami is filling rapidly. And George Teague just took a needle and put it right in the side of that balloon. And that was it. Dabo Sweeney, by the way, on that team again. Well, not again, but just to reiterate that point to you. Greatest play you've ever seen in person. Text us. If we can't get you on today, don't worry. We'll get it in tomorrow on Friday's show. If you want to call and talk about the play that you you know that you were at, the game you were at, when you were just sort of like floored at what took place. I I I... I you know, I look back at it, and it's weird that that as Tiger fans, many of you would have been at that same game with the punt Ruski, and you think about how iconic that play is. I mean, truly, one of the gutsiest and most man. I don't. I don't even creative calls and Clemson knew about it Clemson knew that they had a play like that in their in their wheelhouse like to everybody it's magic and then they go well yeah that's just a French drop buddy everybody knows how to do that what Clemson knew about the play we've talked about that here on the program with Tim Bray oh and some of you are thinking oh Tim Bray where is he Swanee Tim's actually making his way up to South Bend, Indiana today. So we were unable to connect with him here on the Thursday edition of the program. When we come back uh, on the program here in hour number two, I'll tell you what, you know, recruiting has been a hot button topic as of late with the run that Clemson's been on. And there is no doubt that this brand has not taken any steps back even after a 10-3 and season, which was performance-wise a step back. All that being said, I've had some conversations, I've talked with some people about you know Sweeney's policy on once you're committed, not taking visits elsewhere. And I got, I've got some thoughts on that. So... We'll get into that and a whole lot more here. Don't forget, if you missed any of Eric Bakich's press conference, we're going to have some more of that for you at the bottom half of this hour. 
uh, on Clemson Sports Talk. Again, keep it locked on Fox Sports Radio 1400 in the Midlands. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio application. You can follow the show right now on Twitter at Clemson Sports. With a quick break, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of recruiting on a Thursday afternoon on the show that shakes the Southland. It is the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you over on our website right now. Go check it out. An article with Noble Johnson, including an exclusive audio interview. Johnson saying, make sure they bring their popcorn. It's going to be a show when discussing the Clemson Tiger faithful upon his arrival. There's also a viral video in the post of Noble Johnson just beast moding a kid. I, I, I don't know if there's if that's the appropriate phrase, but it's the one I'm going to use. Uh, just out-muscling a guy <laughs> on the gridiron. Great article. Also, uh, our article is up right now about... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Clemson's commit out of the Pennsylvania, <laughs> the Pennsylvania state out of the Keystone State uh, of Pennsylvania. And I could tell you this, it is an awesome interview as well that we had a chance to do with Marcus Dixon. So go over there, check all of that out. Our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Again, Luke Winstill joining the team to help us with our recruiting coverage. And we hope you find value in it. And we hope that you will share our work. That's one of the great ways uh, we can grow. Again, yesterday, the Clemson Tigers picked up the commitment of defensive lineman Vic Burley. Burley, who uh, announced his commitment to Clemson just like 8, 10, 12 hours after the Tigers had a decommitment from Nathaniel Joseph. Burley, 6'4", 275-pound defensive lineman, adds Clemson's uh, adds significantly to Clemson's class. Joseph, on the other hand, the wideout, tweeted that he was arriving for a visit at Louisville, which is kind of the story that we had heard all along, that the rift, so to speak, between Nathaniel Joseph and Clemson came down to Clemson's rules about not taking visits while you're committed to the Tigers. And it's a risky proposition. Okay, Clemson, it is risky that this will happen. But the thing about it is, and I've heard from people whose kids have been in the, kind of the recruiting circles, there have been some that really like Clemson's stance on it and others that really don't. But I'll, I'll say this to those that say they don't like the stance. And this could be kids who's, you know, this could be players who have committed to Clemson, okay? So I'm, I'm not, what I'm telling you is this does not mean that it's just guys who looked at Clemson potentially guys who are on Clemson's team. Their families have said, eh, you know what, we don't, really, we don't really love it. But my retort to those people is this. 
and to those families and anybody that feels that way. Like if you're a Gamecock hanging out with us today and you just think that, that Clemson's system is is wrong. And by the way, Gamecocks. So you could continue to peek over the fence at the best radio show in the nation. The late, great Cleveland man. If you think that it's wrong to have that stance, you can. That's fine. Whatever you want to believe. But the reality is this. Nobody can say they felt like they were wronged by it. Like you, Because you don't have to commit. What you have to weigh as an athlete and you have to weigh with your parents is the value of Clemson's offer. Because what Clemson does have in the bank, and they don't care if it's Arch Manning. They don't, they don't care who the player is. What Clemson has in the bank is, all right, we've got these spots available and we're going to take X amount of guys. And the odds that they change off of that are slim. So what do they do? If you choose not to commit, that's fine. Go take your visits. Have fun. But if another kid who plays your position, if another kid comes along and says, I'm committed, coach. I'm with you. You might not be with Clemson. So if you've made that commitment like Nathaniel Joseph did, when he made it, he understood the deal. And so, from that standpoint, taking that visit, wanting to, and losing the opportunity to maybe come to Clemson is on Nathaniel Joseph. Now, I said yesterday, and I, I still hold firm by this, like if I'm the kid, I probably just go on the visit anyway and risk it for the biscuit and, and ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Oh, coach, I'm a kid. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Right? Like, like play play that that style. Because as I said, you know, when I, when I was growing up, your your parents. I think I mentioned this yesterday. You know, you start going out with a girl, and your parents are like, "You really should keep. You know, you should keep your options open. You you don't need to have just a, you know a girl you're locked down with. You should just date multiple people. We've all <laughs> that was that was always the weird one. Like I'm I'm from a small town. Dad, how can I take this girl out tonight and then that girl out next week? They're best friends. That that doesn't that doesn't fly. <laughs> so anyway, I just think for me, I don't feel sorry for Nathaniel Joseph or any other kid that's committed to Clemson or any kid that's signed with Clemson that feels like the way Clemson does it isn't fair to them. You have the choice to commit or not. And if you commit, then Clemson's committed to you. And that's the power of the paw at this point. Now, there might be a day where Clemson's profile and resume doesn't maybe allow them to utilize that as kind of a strength of their recruiting. But at this point, in the college football playoff era, where you've got multiple golden scepters in the building and you're on the path to contend again for more, then, yeah, you run it the way you want to run it. And Dabo Sweeney's done a tremendous job uh, on that front. And, and I also think that along with the kids that commit, 
you you are getting mature guys who understand what commitment means. And there's a different level you got to be at in your brain uh, to understand what that means and to stay with it through the course of your uh, you know playing days until you arrive in Tigertown. All right, we'll hit a quick break. We'll bounce back with more here on a Thursday afternoon on Clemson Sports Talk. Last night in the MLB, by the way, welcome back, Clemson Sports Talk. Last night, Major League Baseball, Tyler Anderson, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, taking on the Los Angeles Angels. And (laughs) here's the thing, right? Like these two teams, same town, big storyline, bottom, excuse me, top of the ninth inning, one out. Tyler Anderson's got a no-hitter going. But Shohei Otani is at the plate. Shohei, of course, the dual threat. I mean, he does it all for uh, the Angels on the you know, on the bump at the plate. Again, two outs away from a no hitter. Here's what happened. Tyler Anderson to Shohei Otani. That's a line drive to. Bats won't get there, and Otani breaks up the no-hitter with one out in the ninth inning. He does it with a triple. Eight and a third no-hit innings for Tyler Anderson. So, Otani gets a triple to break up the no-hitter. The Dodgers end up winning still 4-1. to one. It was 4-0 at that time. But, you know... Otani has just been incredible during his career in the MLB, and it's so fun to watch. I mean, six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, uh, just can do it all. I mean, it's just an amazing athlete. I do wonder though if that play would have been a triple. Um, I'm not sure who the outfielder is. I didn't hear if they called his name there. Uh, Mookie Betts. It was Mookie Betts that laid out for it. Yeah, I wonder if it's not a no-hitter on the line if the triple happens there. I don't think it does because Betts did what you you want to do for your guy, right? Like, you you pour it all out there. You cannot, in any circumstance, end up going into the locker room after that ball game and you didn't lay out. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's like, Mookie, bro, what are you doing? Man, my, you know, the, the gear was clean. I didn't want to get dirty. It was late in the ballgame. What do you mean? You have to lay out for that. So it ends up being a triple. But you, you guys know, you, you know this about me, right? Like I'm not a huge baseball fan. Just never really have been. By the way, speaking of baseball, we had audio from Eric Backich. Backich's, that's tough to say. Is that how you say it? Backich's? His press conference in hour one. We're going to back end that for you uh, in the final segment. For those of you hour twoers that may not have heard it, again, it will it will be in the podcast and we'll have the full audio and everything over on the website, com. But even though I'm not a, a baseball 
guy like my man Teddy Hefner. By the way, check out Teddy's show from 9 until noon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Just because I'm not a baseball guy does not mean that I don't appreciate no hitters and perfect games. And I one of the things I, I love about this era, like living now in sports, is that so often you'll get that text message or that notification that lets you know, hey, there's a game that's a no hitter, you know, kind of a a a a dum dum. You might want to tune in and catch this. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll turn it on. Now, unfortunately, last night with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I missed it. This was happening. So I didn't get to see it live. But I did not get to see it live. But when I, I saw it taking place, when I was going through the show notes for the day, I was like, you know what? The fact that Otani is the guy that, that, that broke it up, and I guess that was that a year ago when we were really discussing Shohei and his impact on the game. You know, he he is I would make the argument maybe as exciting of a player as I've seen, quite frankly, for a multitude of reasons, but Hit the the physicality. So when so when I was a kid, and wrestling was kind of the thing. Hulk Hogan, Andre. I mean, those guys were big. Don't get me wrong. Andre was just huge. Andre the Giant. But you know the guy that just sort of stood out to me and never really had the career was always Sid Vicious. Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, whatever name he went by. Uh, Sid's physique and build stood out from everybody. And and to me, that's a lot how Shohei is in a lot of respects. I mean, Aaron Judge, you know, he's in a category of his own too. But because Otani does, you know, not only is a weapon at the plate, but is also a good starting pitcher. Like he's he he's reminiscent of an older era. He kind of takes you back to what baseball may have been in the older days when Babe Ruth was pitching and batting, and you're just like, man, what an you know, what an incredible ball player. And that I think is, you know, is what's made him. So fun to watch is that he's he's just a different type player in an era where everybody is so specialized, and I'm good with that. I mean, I'm 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 good with getting an opportunity to enjoy 
seeing a kid play the way that this young man plays the game. 803-450-0086. Text line and phone line. Again, as I mentioned earlier, we will play some of the press conference from Clemson that took place earlier today as the Tigers named Eric Backich as the 28th head baseball coach and just the fourth head baseball coach since 1958. Stay with us to hear that audio right after this. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Final segment on a Thursday afternoon, Lawton Swan. Thank you again for being a part of the program. Full audio from Eric Backage's press conference will be up on our website. Put the .com on it, doggone it. ClemsonSportsTalk.com, great recruiting content over there right now. And don't forget, we'd love to have you support us. Just $63.17 for one year, but right now, $1.00. For three months. Go ahead and jump in. If you like it, stay with us. Help us continue to grow. We've expanded our team, and we are certainly expanding our recruiting coverage. Again, for the Clemson Tiger baseball team, though, a stretch back, so to speak, to the roots uh, of Jack Leggett, who, by the way, we've reached out to about joining the program. Hopefully, we'll talk to Jack Leggett tomorrow. But Eric Backich's ties to Leggett, to Corbin, to O'Sullivan, and now he's back at Clemson, hoping to take that program to the next level. Here's some of what Coach Backich had to say earlier today in Tigertown. Man, it's uh, it's great to be back. I can't believe it's it's been 20 years since I've gotten to say "Go Tigers," uh, but thank you, Graham, his wife Kristen, uh, for this opportunity to lead and serve Clemson baseball. Uh, thank you to President. Jim Clements, the Board of Trustees, uh, Kyle Young, Kevin White, for your support in this process. Uh, To the University of Michigan Athletic Department, all of our players, uh, past and present, their families, seven, seven decades of alumni that joined our team in Omaha, all the fans, uh, I have the deepest appreciation and gratitude for what we were able to accomplish over the last 10 years. Uh, So thank you for an incredible ride. Uh, To the coaching mentors that have helped mold and and shape the person and the coach that I am today, Coach Keith LeClaire, who I played for at East Carolina, he's the the why and the inspiration uh, to start coaching uh, and uh, a promise that I made to continue his legacy. I I don't remember the X's and the O's or the mechanics, uh, but I remember that the confidence and the belief that he instilled. He, he made his players think they were 10 feet tall and bulletproof. He made his teams think that they could accomplish anything. So Coach Leggett, who's here today, 
uh, instilled the importance of good fundamentals, uh, instilled foundational life skills like discipline, toughness, competing, having relentless positive energy, uh, and doing it all with a care level that is absolutely unmatched. So thank you for giving me a shot. Uh, to Coach Tim Corbin, you know, the value of recruiting excellence, to shifting the target onto developing the total person, the teammate, as well as the future husband and father, uh, that coaching and teaching is a lifestyle, not a job. Uh, very appreciative of uh, the seven years I had with him at Vanderbilt. My family, uh, my parents, uh, who allowed their son to chase a kid's dream and pursue his passion. Uh, Jiffy's parents for, well, really allowing me to marry their only daughter. Um, but the, un the unwavering support the last 17 years. Coach Backich also discussed the opportunity that he had 20 years ago at Clemson to work with Jack Leggett, Tim Corbin, and Kevin O'Sullivan. I've always put Clemson up on a pedestal. Uh, not only because it's, it's a great academic school and because I got my coaching start here, but I'll be forever grateful to be in the right place at the right time. To, and I know how lucky I was to join a staff with three coaching leg, legends with Coach Leggett, Coach Corbin, Coach O'Sullivan. I told Coach Corbin when, when I first got to Clemson 20 years ago that I was going to work the same hours as him. And little did I know at the time what I had just signed myself up for. I was a 24-year-old volunteer assistant coach who got paid in Gatorade bars and t-shirts. I uh, had a $200 a month apartment that had no cable TV, no, no AC, but every single night I couldn't wait to set the alarm clock and get back into the office. I loved it. I still love it the same 20 years later. There's nothing better than helping individual players and a team unlock their potential and achieving more than they thought was possible. 20 years ago, that, that historic 2002 team was 54 and 17, was ranked number one in the nation for most of the year, finished in the top four in the World Series. We had star players like Khalil Green, Jeff Baker, Michael Johnson, with great team chemistry, we had a ton of confidence. Uh, that season, I remember hearing some of the comparisons of some of the all-time great Clemson teams, the all-time great Clemson players, names from the Coach Wilhelm era as well as the Coach, Coach Leggett era. Guys on the wall like Rusty Adkins, Bill Spires, Billy McMillan, Chris Benson, Jimmy Key, Matthew LaCroix, Shane Monahan, David Miller, Neil Simons, Brian Barnes, Andy Monin, Doug Kingsmore, Tommy Chapman, and more. Since then, there's been even more like Mike Freeman, Brad Miller, Seth Beer, our current eight big leaguers, and the recent individual accolades with Coach Lee. So there you have it, some of Eric Backage's opening press conference. Again, full audio of that will be over on our website. We gave you a lot of it in the opening segment here today. Uh, and again, to shut it down this afternoon, the 28th head coach in Clemson history, making his way down from Ann Arbor, Michigan, to Tigertown. We got to get out of here, but thank you again for hanging out with us. Great content and recruiting coverage is available right now on our website. Put the dot com on it, dog on it. That's Clemson Sports Talk.com. Until tomorrow, as always, y'all take care now and go Tigers.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.